0: So hello and welcome to another episode of Inspire Club, brought to you by Inspiring Workplaces. Um, this podcast is also supported by Waggle, uh, an agile employee voice platform that measures and truly improves engagement. Uh, and thank you for your continued support through 2020 and now into 2021. Um, this episode has actually been recorded just before, the day before we start our most ambitious event ever, uh, called the Workplace Inspirathon a product of its environment we haven't been able to do conferences and events around the world over the past well 12 months but stretching back further than that it'll actually be two years since our last conference and probably another year so three years all in all before we're able to do a face-to-face event with you so we decided in our in our wisdom to do 24 hours back to back traversing the world starting in sydney uh, at 8 8:30 a.m and finishing in New York, um, at, uh, basically it's 26 hours long. Uh, lots of speakers and inspiring people. Uh, all will be now on the website for you to watch on demand as you please. So we hope we hope it went well. Uh, I've got the Red Bull in the fridge ready and waiting. But to today and our, and our guest, um, Matthew Gosney, uh, Matt's the Vice President of Organiz- uh, Organizational Development at UC Health. Uh, and his primary focus is, is partnering with leaders in articulating an, organisa- an organizationally aligned talent strategy. As part of that work, he has experience in developing leadership development, onboarding, employee development, engagement and coaching. Uh, programs designed to know, grow and move talent throughout the organization. He also obviously has a great name. Uh, so welcome to the podcast, Matt.
1: Yes, thanks to both of our parents for, uh, for wisdom in, in naming us Matthew, right?
0: Well, I can't say both my parents. I'm going to name and shame my mum here. I, she wanted to call me Edward, but my dad said Matt. So um, no offense <laughs> to the Edwards out there, but I really prefer Matt.
1: <laughs> very, very true. Biblical versus, uh, versus royal. That's probably a good call.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and in this part of the world, I probably would have end up being, ended up being called Teddy or something like that. So I'm really happy with Matt the shame yeah. <laughs> um so how, how are you um just for anybody listening uh, you might hear some strange noises um that is my my puppy Seamus the Irish terrier uh, I have to look after him as my wife is uh, has to uh, a very very important meeting in another room whilst we're in lockdown in London um, and I hear Matt, you you are imminently about to get a puppy yourself.
1: We are, we are, we are about two weeks away from uh, from a sheep a doodle. Uh, and wow. uh, we yes, yes, and we're we're still debating on the Seamus is a fantastic name. We're still debating on names. Sherlock is uh, is on the list. We like Sherlock. <laughs> uh, we like Arthur. Uh, Arthur is also on the list. Hagrid is on the list. So we're. Uh, we're still, we're winnowing down, uh, but uh, uh, old English sheepdog and poodle mix. And and uh, so we're looking for uh, fun and uh, intelligent and rambunctious and shaggy. So
0: that's fantastic. I, I'm going to throw a baker in there uh, just because of Baker Street with Sherlock and Arthur and Arthur Conan Doyle. So, you know, a very nice. I like Baker. That's fantastic. And, uh, and, and what you'll discover, if you haven't had a dog before, which I hadn't, um, he has his, has his one name and he has about nine other names that you call him. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Poochie and all, all sorts. So, but anyway, um, I, I really di- I digress from our first and only rule of, of Inspire Club. Um, and, and that is to ask you and share a story of somebody in the world of work who's inspired you along the way.
1: You bet. I'd be glad to share a story there. So a person that's probably inspired me, I've had a lot of of individuals that have inspired me, and I'm very fortunate to have uh, a a litany of folks along my path that have uh, come in and shared wisdom and uh, and insight, uh, correction, and coaching. Uh, But you know what? Uh, I'm actually going to start with my mom. Uh, my mom was a uh, uh, was an educator uh, by profession, and uh, and specifically uh, working with uh, with uh, teenagers as well as uh, adults that had returned uh, to to school, uh, doing what's called a vocational technical education. She taught uh, computer basics uh, at a vocational and technical education t- uh, site. Uh, she had an interesting story. Did not graduate uh, from high school uh, was uh, was uh, pregnant and married uh, young and then uh, divorced uh, young and and on her own for quite some time, uh, met my dad and uh, and uh, went back to school, finished her her high school equivalency uh, and got two bachelor's degrees, uh, one in teaching and one in computer science. Uh, really just a uh, what we call a bootstrap uh, type of individual, an individual that pulled themselves up from their own, by their own bootstraps. Uh, but uh, really, uh, what was most inspiring about uh, the way that she worked uh, is her love for those that she served. Uh, her uh, she was uh, uh, loved uh, technology and was uh, was a uh, had that degree in computer science, but really was a teacher uh, at her core, and uh, and really. Uh, became uh, deeply involved uh, with the uh, with her students so much that her students uh, would uh, uh, would uh, come back and visit her regularly uh, to tell her about the success that uh, that they had had. Uh, in fact, just recently, just over the the holiday, my brother shared with me a story. He's a he's an attorney uh, back in our uh, our hometown. Of Oklahoma City, and uh, he uh, runs commercials and, and whatnot, advertising for his his uh, law firm. And a uh, uh, they were running a uh, a contest at their law firm via Facebook to uh, to drum up some business, and uh, and the individual who won uh, actually went to high school with him. And, uh, and so that was an unsuspected uh, surprise. And, and so when uh, they came into, when she came in to claim her prize, her husband insisted on coming with her. Uh, and uh, so my, uh, my brother met this, uh, husband of the prize winner and, uh, the husband introduced himself and said, uh, 20 years ago, your mom was my teacher. And uh, and uh, she took such a vested interest in me, in ensuring that I was successful, and ensuring that I understood what uh, uh, what uh, what I was learning, and uh, and that I uh, would be able to utilize this for the rest of my career. He is now a a director of IT uh, for the state of Oklahoma. Wow. Uh, Based on the investment that uh, that my mom made him at least started with the investment that my mom made uh, with him years and years ago uh, you know that's that's amazing uh, and 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 exciting, and really uh, inspires me to uh, to think about the impact that I have on the people that I lead, on the people that uh, that my programs influence. Uh, Am I setting them up for future success? And can they tell that I care about them and their future by the way that I invest in them?
0: It it sounds if you as half as successful as your mother was, then you'll be doing a great job. Uh, Sounds incredible, woman. Yeah. Wow. I I've been interviewed on this podcast and I, I said my dad, but uh that <laughs> um that story is, is fan absolutely amazing. Um like like Take, taking it back again to be honest with you it's uh, really nice to, to hear such an, to have such an inspiration so close to home um, and, and she called you Matt so that's yes, um, very
1: true yes. No. she uh, she has multiple good marks for her. has she,
0: has she been there th- throughout your career then to go back and uh, soundboard um, other ideas or if you're on, or taking the right path have you, have you gone back to her and asked for her, her advice? Yeah, it's interesting. You know, my, uh, my dad is in, uh,
1: was in human resources and my mom was a teacher. And, uh, and so I am, I'm the product of both of them. Right. My, yeah. okay. I, uh, I'm in, uh, in a corporate environment in human resources, but uh, re- with really a focus on, on human performance and development and organizational design. And, uh, and, and Early on in my career, I remember my very first job right out of college uh, was as a corporate trainer for a uh, for a medical software company, and uh, and it was a small company, and I had very little uh, to go on in terms of what uh, what was expected of me or what I was going to be producing, and and uh, and I remember. Uh, pinging her or calling her up, uh, and saying, I have no idea how to build a curriculum, right? I have no idea how to build a class. I'm, I've never, uh, done any of this. And, uh, and that was very much in her wheelhouse. And she was able to walk me through and say, here's, you know, here's how you identify learning objectives. And here's how you, uh, how you test against those objectives. And, uh, and just, uh, it's, it's a fun time. It's a fun moment, uh, when you get to see uh, the, uh, the expertise of your, uh, of your parents outside of, uh, outside of just, you know they they can cook meals and you know and, and take you to uh, to you know, high school dance or whatever. Uh, you yeah. know, there's uh, that they've that they've got a breadth and depth of uh, of knowledge and experience. Uh, that's that's a fun moment. And I remember just uh, stepping back, and going, wow, she really, you know, she really knows her stuff. Uh, and uh, and uh, and and that was that was exciting uh, to see. I, I distinctly remember that
0: moment. That's fantastic. And I, I, I wonder what the, the answer to this question is. Uh, I've got a, I have a hunch and I'll be honest if, if I get it. Um, what's, what's, so what is your purpose in the workplace? What gets you up and drives you every day at work?
1: Uh, it is to make a difference in the lives of people. Right. And that's, and that's the great thing about being in uh, particularly organizational development and, and learning and training is if, if I'm doing my job right and if my team is doing their job right, we are providing individuals the tools and the resources they need to find joy at work, uh, to to really love what they do, and uh, and to love the environment that they're working in. And, I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. That's that's pretty profound uh, opportunity and pretty profound work. And so uh, that's what I love to do. I love to make a difference. Now, really, uh, I would couple that with uh, helping an organization achieve and realize its strategy. Right. When, when you get to partner with an organization that you go, you know what, that you're there, you're after the right things. You're trying to, to do good in the world. Uh, And let me help you find the right people and, and grow the right people to help you achieve your strategy. And as we do that, those people um, are, are, are able to, uh, to become fulfilled and, and love what they do. I mean, that's just a really uh, special synergy.
0: Do you, has it always been that or is that, has that purpose evolved over time as you've got, yeah, I think
1: I've always been a—I I mean, I've always been a people person. I love people, and I think I've always been a teacher at heart, uh, where I, I enjoy helping people learn and grow. That those are those have always been part of kind of who I who I am. However. Uh, the more experience that you get in in my field, uh, the more opportunities you get to see the impact of your work. And that just becomes uh, that becomes reinforcing uh, over and over again.
0: So so a life philosophy that that's evolved into purpose that you do in day to day in your work, which I think is what we're all looking for, I think. Absolutely. No, I listen. I don't have very many bad days. Fantastic. Well, long may that continue. Um so, well, if you don't have many bad days, I'm going to have to ask you for only one or two, but what's the best experience at work you've ever had and why?
1: Best experience at work, you know, we, uh, previous organization, uh, we were uh, uh, working on uh, a fairly, a very comprehensive uh, employee onboarding program. And, uh, and it was, uh, it was extensive uh, to, you know, traditional onboarding programs, maybe if you're really lucky, you get about 90 days worth of, of structured experience. And we were really looking to, to say from, you know, from the, the moment that you sign an offer letter through your first year, we've got an, a complete and robust experience that's going to guide you from, you know, making sure that you understand what's expected of you and how you're going to succeed in your role and how you connect in the organization. Uh, a very comprehensive plan. Not, not Cheap, right? There's there's some uh, some cost involved in developing that. However, what you would expect is some is some downstream uh, benefit uh, to uh, uh, to that with better retention and 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 better performing employees. Speed to competency should improve. And uh, to to get this through, we needed to we needed to get the sign off from the, those that hold the, the, the money and, uh, and to do that, what, uh, what we had intended and what we'd planned was a, a day and a half, uh, retreat offsite retreat, where we would bring in uh, experts and bring in individuals that were new to the organization and kind of have them talk through their experience and really kind of build a case over about a day and a half of the need for, uh, for this work. And, uh, and we went through the first day and it was a disaster. Uh, it just, it just fell flat. It was not, uh, it was not good. Uh, you know, the finance folks were pushing back on everything uh, that we, that we put uh, forward and getting bored and checking their phones. And right. I mean, it was, uh, it was not a great thing, right? Cause we were talking about people stuff and they don't want to talk about people stuff. <laughs> uh, so, so it was, it was not good. And, and uh, at the end of the day, we kind of regrouped and huddled uh, me and my boss and my co- and my colleague and we said what what are we going to (laughs) do right this this we've got all this is a lot of planning that we've already put forward and this is this is what we intend to focus on over the next couple of years and and we're going to have to uh go back to the drawing board if we get no here and uh and my boss turned to me and, and said uh matt this is this is you figure out uh, how we're going to spend uh, this last half day tomorrow and and get them where we we need to go and uh, and get them to to an agreement. And so I took the agenda that we had uh, planned for the next day and completely blew it up. Uh, built out new slides that spoke to uh, to uh, the financial impact and the upside uh, benefit, uh, and uh, and uh, really simplified. You know, we we were trying to get very academic as OD people are wont to do. Right? Uh, we were uh, we had gotten way too academic, and so instead, I boiled it down into just very simple uh, approach and very simple uh, explanation and process of how we were going to go about doing what we had, uh, what we were explaining. Got them into the room the next day, uh, and uh, and the stage was mine. And I took uh, the, that ha- remaining half day uh, and walked them through uh, where we needed to land. Uh, and I'll never forget uh, about uh, about an hour before we were supposed to to end. One of the finance uh, individuals said, "So wait a minute, if uh, if we do this, if we invest this amount, we should be ex- able to expect uh, this amount of return in terms of uh, savings based on uh, based on a better retention." I said yep that's what we should expect and he said okay let's go do that <laughs> and uh and, and, and you know this weight came off of all of our shoulders and you know my, we all kind of looked at each other like did that just happen uh but it was it was that moment where uh where i was able to step back and say you know i'm i might not be good at everything in fact there's probably uh, and there's a lot of stuff that i'm not good at at all but uh, I'm, I might have a gift and a talent for taking complex information and complex concepts and boiling them down into really simple terms that people can understand uh, and making that compelling case for, uh, for uh, investment in, in our people. And so that was, that was just a really exciting uh, moment where I could say, man, I, I made a difference. I made a difference for our organization uh, and I made a difference for, uh, for those folks that are going to be joining our organization in the future.
0: I think there'll be a lot of people listening to this that might want to hit you up and ask for your advice on how to do that. Um, it's obviously one of the, it's the biggest stumbling blocks to, to convince people who might not see. People as a priority, um, who just to see the you know, dollars and cents and and the, the revenue, PNL, and all that kind of stuff. Um, well, so- and the reason why
1: that day was so significant is that it was a yes versus many many no's that I've <laughs> gotten across my crew. So, so that was pretty, that made it nice too. But but yeah, it is it is tra- challenging, and it it's it is the challenge of the HR executive to uh, to constantly advocate for uh, for that. But you've got to speak uh, the language of the organization. Uh, you can't. Uh, uh you've got to think the way that they're thinking and present information in the way that they're used to to digesting it
0: well churchill said uh, success is going from one failure to another um and it's not necessarily a failure but i think one of the one of the themes that keeps coming out of conversations with awesome people like yourself it they've been commit being given permission to to try and fail fail fast and and, and and keep going um so that you're just i think that's one of the main main uh, messages is just keep going uh and and, uh, and that's what you did that day that would have been quite 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 an overnight experience i think for you trying to work throwing away your your half day plan and starting again so that's awesome um it was fun uh, um what what's in, in your mind um given the world that we, a lot of us are living in um what's what's a major workplace priority right now and, and why it is i think is all about uh
1: taking some time and, and healing from this past year. Uh, you know, we're, we're not done yet. Uh, and, uh, and we need to finish strong in terms of this, uh, experience with, uh, yeah. with COVID-19, but particularly in the healthcare sector where I work, uh, we are going to need to recalibrate and, and identify what is the, what is the way of working uh, going forward, because it's going to change, uh, it is changing. It's it's uh, you know the the toothpaste is out of the tube. Right, we are uh, we, we, things have changed, uh, and so helping uh, individuals uh, work through uh, the emotion uh, and strain uh, of the past year, uh, and then recalibrate and reidentify what's important. And how do we uh, how do we uh, inspire and support uh, in this uh, in a new environment? How do we how do we take the good things that we've learned over the past year and hardwire them? Uh, how do we how do we move back uh, into more normal ways of uh, of working uh, and uh, and and reestablish uh, good habits that we might have let uh, fall by the wayside? Now, those are I think those are going to be uh, priority uh, pieces of work because uh, it, the light is at the end of the tunnel, right? We are uh, we are moving to, uh, to a place where we can start to look uh, forward and look ahead again. And so uh, I think that is the priority work right now.
0: Should, I, I, I agree 100%. And I, one of the, my main concerns is that despite a lot of um, – well, just a serious amount of challenges both personally and professionally that we've all had to face – um, during this period that when the bungee cord, when we get to the end and, and it snaps back and uh, do, do businesses just snap back to the way they worked before, um, you know, straight back in. And, and that, cause I think in some respects, we've moved forward decades, you know, <laughs> um, right. you know trust and empowering our people and all, all that kind of stuff. Um, and it's just snapping straight back into it. No, we should be talking to, our CEOs now, shouldn't we? We should be campaigning for what should, like as you said, hardwire it. You know, hardwire the change now, and 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 work out what we want to go back to from the past. You know, it, we can't just go back to the way it was. No, but I, I don't
1: know that it's going to be. Uh, yes, there is going to be a certain amount of shock that we need to uh, to work through. Uh, but really, I I liken it. The analogy that I draw is uh, is to nine eleven, uh, and uh, if you if you can cast your mind back before uh, 9/11, uh, there was a day when you, if you took someone to the airport, you could walk right up to the gate with them and 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 wave them at the, you know, give them a hug as they as they boarded the plane, uh, and then when they got off the plane, you could be standing, you know, right uh, right as they were exiting with a big sign. And uh, those those days, you know, it used to happen. You still used to be able to smoke on planes, all sorts of crazy stuff. But um, but uh, that was that was very normal. And that was, uh, pretty typical. And the nine 11 happened and things changed. Uh, and, and it was, uh, and those changes were frustrating for a while, but now it's just, it's just the way things are right. We, uh, we know that, you no, know, we've just moved back the gate a little bit and there's a, and there's a, a security process and, and it was, uh, it was onerous and kind of frustrating for a little while, but, uh, now, uh, with 20 years hindsight, it is it's just it is what it is yeah uh, i anticipate that some of the things that were uh, that we'll need to hardwire with covid will be very similar where we'll have a little bit of an adjustment period uh, and it was a similar experience right where one day uh, everything changed uh, and uh, uh, and we'll work through that uh, and then eventually uh, because human beings are adaptable we'll uh, we'll settle into a new groove of normal and say oh yeah i remember when we used to do it that way but now we do it this way and that makes sense why we do it, uh, and I think there's going to be a lot of that. There's also going to be a lot of things that we just go back to, uh, that we do go back to, because uh, we are human beings, and uh, and uh, we'll we'll uh, weigh the risk with the uh, with the cost. So, you know, I. For in my in my world of, of learning and development, uh, we've done a lot of virtual education, and yes, we're going to continue to lean into that. But we'll go back to in person classes when we can, because yeah. you know what? Human beings like to be together, and they like to see each other, and they like to react to one another. And uh, and frankly, no matter how good your virtual learning is, it's not as good as uh, as being in person. So so we'll we'll find that right balance and find that right mix.
0: I- I, th- I think you know th- th- what you just finished on there that being in in contact with other human beings I think hopefully we 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 put a premium on that now uh and and we don't forget we one of the one of the challenges of life is that once you go get past something you forget about how hard it was right <laughs> um, right and, and and I think you know being able to see the people you work with I ho- I just hope that we put that at a premium That we value the people we work with more, that we see them, we can interact with them, Um, and that might be one of those changes that we see. Rather than you know, two years down the line, we've totally forgotten (laughs) what it was like to have to sit at home and not see anybody and have a million Zoom calls a day. Um, So I I think that they're the kind of things I'll be focusing on over the next you know twelve to twenty four months. That. We don't necessarily forget, um, and and we try and make make real change as as we come out of this stuff.
1: Well, it'll it'll have to be intentional, you know, Matt. That's that's the key. Is uh, is we will go back to uh, to forgetting and and become. Uh, obsessed with and enamored with uh, with the urgency of today, that is, that is who we are and that's how we're wired. So uh, if we want to remember those things, if we want to remember uh, the lessons of, uh, of this past year, then we'll need to do so intentionally. Uh, and one of the one of the good uh, aspects of, of human culture is we are good at memorializing. Uh, And we are good at, uh, at, uh, at remembering when we do so with intentionality. And so, you know, that that might be a great idea is how do we, how do we memorialize uh, the uh, the lessons uh, of this past year uh, so that we don't forget the things that we've learned uh, and so that we can keep those uh, uh, evergreen but it will it, it won't just happen uh, we and so we'll get uh, we'll get bogged down in the in the rat race of uh, of life so how do we memorialize it so that we can take those moments to step back and go oh yeah that was important to me and I don't want to let that go
0: I um I, I've started. Uh, I'm loving this conversation, by the way, Matt. Um, <laughs> I've started writing a blog on the on the weekend. Um, um, I, do you call them teaspoons in America too? The the, yes. the, little, the, the little spoons you stir your tea and coffee with. Yeah. So uh, basically, um, there's a dishwasher in our house, and it and it's called Matt. Um, right. so, um, and uh, we don't have a machine. We just I I, find, I actually find it quite therapeutic just doing the washing every day. Um Anyway. Uh, My wife and I are both working from home. We're lucky to have jobs and everything. And and at the end of each day, we have not a single teaspoon left in the drawer. Um, We have had teas and coffees and hot lemons. And so I started writing this blog called The Year of the the Teaspoon. And then what happened was about two hours later, um, I've got like a small book (laughs) um, where I I started to memorialize, as, as you put it, the year, the past 12 months, both from a work and personal point of view. Um, so I'm now working out whether I whether I share this with with our community and and, and the wider world because it's actually incredible um, if we all took the time to sit down and write what and I've gone through January, February, March like like a calendar and a diary, ju- a journal entry. It's incredible what we all have actually achieved and and we re- resilient too because I think we do. It's very easy just to be quite flippant and offhand and yeah, it was tough, but. It's amazing the achievements that we all would have had personally and professionally, I think, if, if we look back on them properly. Absolutely. Uh,
1: and, and some distance uh, gives, uh, gives better context and it helps you under, identify the meaning a little bit uh, a little bit better. And that's, that's kind of the point that we're, uh, that we're reaching now is where we can look back and those lessons that were camouflaged in the moment start to stand
0: out. Yeah, because our team uh, is a worry in, in some respects, I suppose, but we've never worked better together. And we've not been able to see each other for almost a year. Um, so I don't know if um, I, I started musing on the fact that maybe we, we all had such a, a desire to make sure we're all OK that it took us to another level um, and and we worked better than we have ever done before. So um, that, those are the kind of lessons that are popping up when I'm looking back on last year. But um, to you, um, and this is my favorite question that we ask, um, What's the best advice you were ever given, uh, and and who was it from? You bet. So uh, I spent some time with uh, about
1: five years with uh, with Walmart stores, uh, which is world's largest retailer, uh, and. Uh, um, and I had a very brief time where my boss—I was—I was a front-level manager, and uh, because of some attrition, my boss was the senior vice president of uh, of talent, which was uh, which was uh, odd, and it didn't last long. But uh, his name was Roger cute He's since left to uh, to work for a, a health insurance organization in the in the U.S. But uh, great uh, talent, uh, mind, uh, and taught me uh, an enormous amount. But uh, I had a one-on-one with him. Uh, And uh, and he gave me uh, only one piece of advice. I think it might be the only one-on-one I ended up having with him, but he gave me phenomenal advice. And he said, Matt, he said, you know, you want to be, uh, you want to continue in a career in human resources and talent and organizational development. He said, be a business person first. He said, be a business person first. Uh, And what he meant by that was understand the needs of the business understand how the business succeeds how the business uh, makes money or delivers on its value how, uh, how it uh, how it works and how it operates uh, and that has been been invaluable advice because going back to that uh, that moment where I was able to blow up the deck right uh, I understood uh, the business and so I could put, Uh, the objectives of our work in the context of, of the business. And, and that's really, that is the key to success for, uh, for any talent management and OD professional uh, is we're not just building stuff to build stuff. We're not just creating programs to create programs because it's fun and because, you know, it's entertaining and because teaching classes is kind of a kind of a neat gig, but we, we do it because we're trying to help organizations know grow and move talent unique to their strategy right every organization's strategy is is or should be unique and so they need unique people and unique leaders to help them move that strategy forward if you can't understand and don't understand the strategy of the organization and how the organization is going to achieve that strategy there's no way you can build programs to help uh, to help funnel in the right talent and so that that's been invaluable for me
0: yeah great great advice and um you're only going to get the investment if you can show it's going to positively impact the business so the, the the better we can become at that the more money we're going to get to to invest in our people um, uh you know despite all the the academia and the facts that you said you you know as you mentioned you were going through it's you have to bring it back to the business um it's not just moving a needle on a score, it's uh, back to the business, uh, 100%, 100% could, not, could not agree more. Um, thank, thank you for, for bringing, that, bringing that to the fore. Um, now, um, I think it'd be great to, to switch up to, to some more personal questions uh, as we do, but uh, before we do, I love, I think you're a man full of good ideas and good advice. So I think this is, this is a good question. What, what, what's your go-to productivity trick when you need to get things done? I, I
1: put on the headphones and listen to music. Uh, that is, that is my, that is my productivity trick. I, I am by nature, uh, a social individual and I can tell when I'm putting off work because I'll wander the halls and look for people to talk <laughs> to, yeah. uh, which, yeah. uh, and, and so, uh, I have to purposely self-isolate uh, whenever I've really got to buckle down and get something done. And, uh, and, and I love music, I'm, I, I, I'm passionate about music, uh, but I can't just listen to anything, right? So I tend to listen to, uh, to classical, uh, Beethoven is my, uh, is my go-to uh, whenever I need to, uh, to push through and get passionate about,
0: uh, about a, a project. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, I can, I can relate to that. I think that many of us can M- music is a godsend and pre previous guests, we were talking about, about music. And I remember a time when you just weren't allowed to put your headphones in, in the office. And it, I just found it was so hard to get those things done that you needed to get done. Well, because I, I'm, I'm a social beast too, or, or you just put things off. So you, you go and talk, talk to somebody, don't you? So, um, yeah, thank God things aren't like that anymore. Um, yeah. Um, so a bit, a bit more about you. Um, so Matt, outside of work, um, if you're a teacher, like, like, what, like your mum, uh, my mum's a teacher too. So uh, I, I, we're, we're lucky individuals. Um, what, what would you teach if you could teach anything?
1: Uh, I would teach psychology. Uh, my, my bachelor's and my master's is in psychology and, uh, and I am fascinated by the way that people work, uh, the way that, the way that we're wired, why we do the things that we do, how we work, uh, collectively together, uh, the way that we have evolved over time to, uh, to manage, uh, uh, living in groups and uh, all of that is just i think absolutely fascinating and so uh and and i really what i love most is uh, is that moment where individuals get personal insight based on what they're learning around uh, around human generalities right that uh that uh, you know we we take a concept that's uh, that's broad and uh, and universal and then let them uh, have that moment of oh and i see how this applies in my day to day i see how this is influencing the way that i live and maybe you know and maybe it allow it gives me the uh the control to then uh tweak things that i don't like or to enhance things that i do yeah fantastic yeah
0: if i could do it all over again i'd i'd do psychology at college um uh, I, I did history, but I, I, I like you. I, I find it absolutely fascinating the way we're wired. Um, so uh, are you an early bird or a night owl? I am very much an early bird, much to my wife's
1: chagrin, who would love to stay up till midnight and binge Netflix. I uh, <laughs> uh, At about 10 o'clock, I turn into a pumpkin. So uh, I, am, I am at my best
0: in the morning. Fantastic. Um, Talking about music, um, I, I know this is incredibly... Difficult question. so we're not going to look back in five years and hold you to this answer. What's your favorite album, and and what do you need to listen to if you need to fire yourself up for anything?
1: Sure. So, uh, favorite album of all time. Uh, I am, I am a Gen Xer. I'm a child of my uh, of my era. Uh, I am a uh, Joshua Tree fan. That's probably my top album of all time i've uh, i've i've seen the boys a few times uh live and so uh love that and love joshua tree mostly because uh it it perfectly captures the optimism of youth right uh and uh and the optimism of youth but also uh the recognition that uh that uh that the world is a hard place and that there are challenges and uh um, and so it's really just that uh, that tipping point of uh and I can I can go back there in my head uh pretty quickly you know, I I remember feeling that way I might not you know I might be a little bit more uh, haggard and grizzled than I was uh when I first heard it but it it still takes me to that place yeah. but where the uh,
0: streets have no where the streets have no name is just an incredible spine tingling song you know it's oh, just, it's without
1: crazy. a doubt if you yeah. can't uh, yeah if you can't Feel life uh, by hearing that song. I don't know what's wrong with you, uh, and really, all of their all of U two's catalog. In fact, it was interesting. Uh, <clears throat> we were uh, driving around this weekend, and uh, and uh, Mysterious Ways from Octoon Baby uh, came on, and my my eight year old who was uh, lost in doing something in the back of the car, uh, suddenly his head popped up and said, uh, "What song is this?" Oh what yes. Who is this? What is this? And, uh, and so we all, this is, you know, this is mysterious ways. And he's like, I, I love this. This is amazing. So it's fun to like, Oh, I've got a hook. Right. Uh, in terms of what I, in terms of what I need to hear to, uh, to really get me going or to, uh, into, uh, to move forward. Uh, I, uh, I am a, I'm a poor runner. I, 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 go out and run, but I'm not, I'm not very good. I'm, uh, I'm a little bit more of a Clydesdale than a thoroughbred. Uh, but, uh, I, I plod. uh, but whenever I'm, uh, whenever I need to get moving on a run, uh, I, I do go back to, to you And I usually listen to elevation. That's, uh, that's one that, uh, that can get my, uh, get my heart going and, uh, and get me moving out
0: the door. Fantastic. I, I'm more of an Acton Baby guy. Um, right. I love I, I love Joshua Tree, but um, my favorite song that one there is uh, where uh, Wild Horses. Um, it's going to wild horses. But uh, I just I just because you mentioned you too, I, I want to share this story that I, I learned that you, you must you must know. But they were about to break up recording Acton Baby. They were you know been a decade of just success, and they were knackered, and they were in Berlin. And they were not really talking, and uh the edge came up with a riff to one and and then that's that's the song that kept you two together. Yes. Um, they were about to go and then if you listen to that song now with that riff and the lyrics in the context of that was almost the end of you too it's awesome <laughs> oh absolutely absolutely so. No, that's that as i've gotten
1: older right i can i can uh, look at them and go well you know a little full of themselves a little bombastic right a little uh, a lot of ego going on there and uh and uh i you know if they came along today i would probably uh, i would probably dismiss them but uh but so so in entwined uh in my youth that uh it's uh you know and and so perfectly encapsulating of a, of a uh of a feeling and in uh and in a, that uh it's it's easy to go back to that
0: yeah well i'm gonna go just i've got a fair bit to do before the Inspirethon tomorrow so i'm just about to listen to both those albums but before we do um what's the funniest funniest thing that's happened to you recently that you well,
1: can I, yeah that i can share that's that's uh, appropriate for a, uh, a podcast uh you know it's inter I, I would say i don't know that it's absolutely hilarious but uh we uh you know i we live in colorado now uh and so i uh we go back to uh, uh to uh, visit family uh in various parts of the united states for uh for the holidays and uh when we travel we like to we like to airbnb it uh, like to stay in an airbnb it's a little bit more personal than a hotel and one of the things that uh, we like to do is find a an older home, probably, and, and maybe a, a little bit more of a, a, a historic part of, of wherever we're staying. And so we went back to Oklahoma City, where I'm from, and stayed in a home that was about 110 years old. And uh, and I'm I'm not huge, but I'm I'm about six one. Uh, and uh, I uh, came to realize uh, how much taller uh, people today are than they were 110 <laughs> years ago. Uh, And that was, that was probably the, uh, my my family got a, a big kick out of uh, watching me try and fit up the stairwell uh, or in the sh- or in the shower uh, i did not fit very well uh, in the shower uh, i've coming out of the holidays if you've seen uh, the movie elf
0: what i going to say is that it sounds like that, elf
1: yeah <laughs> attempting to attempting to get in the shower was a very uh, similar experience and but you know I'm, i felt gigantic so that was kind of fun i felt like <laughs> <an> <laughs> yeah like a god of his travels or elf or something yes, like that absolutely but uh but instead it's just, it's just uh, the difference in in 110 years so that was that was probably my funniest moment was trying to fit in the shower
0: and household chores what, what do you leave hoping somebody else might have to do it for you uh, folding the clothes i do not like folding clothes uh i uh, i i like them
1: when they're folded i like you know a nice neat drawer but i do not enjoy folding clothes it is it is monotonous in the extreme
0: yeah, enjoy enjoy the benefit. Don't you just want them to appear like that, and not do things? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, but okay, I can hear you. Um, f- favorite film um that you can just turn on and watch. It's not necessarily the best film in the world ever, but the favorite, your favorite.
1: Uh, I, I'm going to go for a deep cut. I love Joe versus the volcano, uh, which uh, which I know is a little bit obscure, uh, but um, uh, it is uh, it is. <laughs> Probably best described as existential comedy, <laughs> and uh, and I really like that. I think that's uh, I think it is a fable uh, for our uh, for uh, today. Uh, John Patrick Shanley is the uh, was the writer and director. He also wrote uh, Moonstruck. If you've uh, seen uh, Moonstruck with uh, Cher and uh, Nicholas uh, Cage, but uh, just a phenomenal author and a and. Uh, it's funny on the uh, it's a it's a comedy on the uh, on the outside, uh, but uh, with really uh, some pretty profound, deep layers of meaning, and I and I like that. I like to be able to be entertained, uh, but then also uh, it's going to it's going to give me some things to chew on, uh, in, internally, right? Some things that I'm going to uh, walk away and think about uh, as I uh, as I as I reflect on the movie.
0: When you mentioned uh, the Airbnb, I, I thought you were going to mention something akin to the Money Pit, another classic. That's Tom Hanks' film from the eighties. So, and, and um, we do
1: like, I do like the Money We will. Uh, that's a, that's another classic. So, uh, there's, uh, and once again, I'm probably showing my uh, my
0: age with my nothing wrong stuff. with that, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I, I can't breathe in some of the Money Pit. I, I, I just find it absolutely breathtakingly funny um so something uh, you've done and you'll never do again uh hopefully go on a first date
1: that's my that's my hope that i never ever go on a first date again oh. uh, i i enjoy i like i like my family uh, i like my my wife i think i'm just gonna stick it out and enjoy where i'm at today uh i i uh, I'm glad to not be in that stage of life blessings to those that are, but I am glad to be done with that.
0: Well, I, I'm challenging, I'm challenging anybody to come up with a better answer to that question. than that one, uh, <laughs> that's hard. Uh, there's a, there's a TV show in the UK in the UK called first dates and it's, uh, you know, just basically watching people meet for the first time. It's very uh, self-explanatory title. Um, that I've done a long winded explanation for, and um Uh, my wife and I've just got recently got married. Um, and just like you are hoping that this is it. Um, and watching this program, I really do hope that's it. So, uh, um, best place in the world you've ever visited. So, uh, probably,
1: uh, outside of, uh, Athens, uh, Right out of uh, one of my first jobs out of college, I uh, was working for a uh, for a semiconductor company, and uh, and I had some responsibility for uh, for global uh, for their global reach, and and so we took a, a trip uh, throughout Europe and uh, and uh, uh, spent some time in Athens. And we had a we had a day. Or actually, an afternoon uh, where we had wrapped up with our meetings, and uh, and our CEO said, "Hey, let's let's just go explore," and uh, went down to the to the lobby and said, "You know, we we just want to uh, we want to get out of town a little bit and, and see what's out there." And they called us a taxi cab with an English speaking driver, and that driver took us. I mean, way out into the Greek countryside, uh, and I think took us to his his hometown. And I couldn't even find this on a map today. I wouldn't. I don't know where he took me, but I know I enjoyed it. And took us to a phenomenal Greek restaurant just picnic tables in the, uh, uh, in the, in, in a big giant room. That was the, that was the entire, uh, restaurant. Very, you know, we were the only non-Greek people there. They kept staring at us. We were not, you know, what they were used to seeing. Uh, but, uh, Began the meal by bringing out a gigantic platter of lamb chops that they had just grilled uh, and and the meal only escalated from there. Uh, and it was just one of those moments where like this is this is living. <laughs> you know, this yeah, is-
0: absolutely. Well, there, there's a time. There's a challenge for you later in life find, to read, find that town find that town yeah. those lamb chops <laughs> um well look uh the last question uh and um yeah this is our, our longest episode actually uh it's been an absolute treat to be able to talk with you matt um last question um who would you nominate to who should we go get get on the inspire club Ooh, that is a really good question.
1: I I would, uh, if you really want a fantastic uh, conversation, I would reach out to uh, Dr. Daniel Crosby. Uh, Dr. Crosby is a, uh, is a, uh, behavioral economist uh and uh and uh, works with uh individuals and organizations in understanding how uh how their natural psychology impairs their ability to uh to uh, be successful uh in uh, in savings and in uh and in meeting their financial goals uh so he a really fascinating uh study of uh, of human behavior applied in a very uh, specific and salient uh way however uh, dr crosby uh, daniels is interesting just in, in in and of himself he's a uh, he's a child of the southern united states uh, and uh, and and carries himself as uh, as a modern southern uh, gentleman uh, also uh uh, is uh, it takes this this knowledge and ability around psychology and uh, and applies it in a lot of different and important and great ways in fact the, the first book that he ever wrote uh, was called uh, you're not that great uh, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> which uh, which uh, was fantastic um, he wrote a, uh, he and his daughter uh, wrote a uh, a, a, book, a children's book uh, which uh, apologies for the—it's fairly morbid title, but it's called "Everyone That You Know, uh, Everyone That You Love Will Die." Uh, and uh, uh, but uh, once again, it's a—it's a treatise on on uh, loving the people that are around you today. Uh, so he uh, has phenomenal uh, insight into into the human condition, uh, but then is also just a, a gentleman and a scholar. So Dr. Daniel Crosby would be my recommendation.
0: Uh, thank you. Great recommendation. I'll, I'll need to go look him up. And uh, I, I love behavioral economics. It's just so clever. And, and I was actually talking to somebody who introduced me to, to the world of behavioral economics uh, only last week. And it's been a couple of years since we've s- spoken. And we were saying that where are the behavioural e- economists now um, with wearing, mask wearing and, and vaccine taking? Like they could be doing some really clever things, I think, around getting people to do that to help help them do things that they might not necessarily want to do. Um, so, but anyway, uh, that's, that's another talk for another time. Uh, thank you very much for that recommendation. And thank you so much, Matt, for your time um, this morning and coming on the Inspire Club. I, I hope you had a good time. Absolutely, uh, Matt.
1: I appreciate the the time and the and the opportunity, and uh, and best of luck to you ne- uh, tomorrow as you as you go from virtually from Australia to New York. Thank you.
0: you uh, are going to need it. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and yeah, so take care and look forward to speaking to you soon. Thanks to everybody that's listening to the Inspire Club. Uh, we have another episode coming coming thick and fast every week, and if you. If you have watched the Inspirathon, we thank you. If you haven't, then please, uh, we have so many videos and lessons and talks for you to go access on demand right now that we hope will inspire you through 2021 and beyond. So thanks for now, thanks to Matt and take care. Bye-bye.